Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Boy, what a gift we God has given us in the the resurrection, the promise to eternal life that we have as believers in Christ. It's, it's a hope uh, that uh, brings light in those dark times of life. It's a promise that's secure, that we know that we will take a last breath someday here, but we have the promise of eternal life in Jesus Christ, who was raised from the dead and promises a resurrection to those who believe in him. Well, that's not what my sermon's about today. As you can see from the slide, I'm going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, Pastor Clayton had some other ideas of what he was going to preach about today, and he had some great texts he chose. One of them was from the Gospel of John, chapter 2, when Jesus goes in the temple and he turns over the tables of money changers. I thought, well, that'd be a fun one to preach on. <laughs> but I've been gone all weekend, and so I said, Pastor Clayton, if it's okay, I'm going to use something I've used before. He said, you go for it. So I'm going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, which Paul uh, wrote about in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, Kent Hunter uh, is known as a church doctor. He, he works with churches, and, and churches are going, maybe going through conflict, or churches looking for another pastor. He works with churches. He's worked with thousands of churches, and he wrote a book called Who Broke My Church? And in that book, he wrote this. He said, God is not looking for better methods to make his church more effective. Now, you think as a church doctor, he'd come and say, hey, I, I know the better methods. Here's what we're going to do, and everything's going to be better. No, he says this. He said, God is looking for better people. God is looking for better people who've been transformed by their relationship with Jesus Christ. And then he said, effective ministry always flows from our being. So you can have all the most wonderful methods in the world, but if we are not better people following Jesus Christ, abiding in Jesus Christ, ministry will be ineffective. When we live with the fruit of the Spirit evident in our lives, people will take notice. People will want to know what makes us tick. And oftentimes there will be an opportunity for us to witness to somebody what Jesus Christ means to us. The fruit of the Spirit, which the Apostle Paul wrote about in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, are strengths or virtues which God gives to all believers. Notice that it's not fruits of the Spirit, plural, but the fruit of the Spirit. Paul chose to use the word fruit and not fruits because his emphasis is on, a, on one harvest of spiritual growth. I was going to have us read Galatians 5, 22 and 23 together, but it's on the screen and it'll take you a little bit to, to get your Bibles open. But if you have, have Bibles, please open to Galatians 5 and follow along with me. But here's what Paul said. You've already heard it, but let's repeat it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow. And God promises those fruits, those fruit to believers. There's a story of a young girl who was learning the fruit of the Spirit, and her mother asked her to recite them from memory. And she said this, she said, well, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful and gentleness, and and, uh, the remote control. (laughs) 
pretty good. Maybe that was her dad's interpretation, but <laughs> that's not correct. Well, let's look at this list for a moment. These are, as I said, spiritual virtues that God gives us, and they're different from spiritual gifts. Paul writes about spiritual gifts in other letters. Spiritual gifts are given to us for a specific task that need to be done. As I mentioned, I believe that God has given everybody here spiritual gifts, and you are a 10 in something. No one has every spiritual gift, but spiritual fruit is different, as we'll see, because spiritual fruit is for every believer. Now imagine a person who truly possessed all these fruit, these virtues in his or her life. Not just some of them, but every single one of them. Imagine the quality of their life and the powerful witness they would be for Christ. When unbelievers were around them, the unbelievers would say, I want what they have. And when other believers saw this abundance of spiritual fruit, they would want to know, how can I live like this too? When you look at the fruit of the Spirit, you might conclude that this is too idealistic, too unrealistic. Maybe the people in the biblical days could do this, but not us. Well, you would be wrong. You'd be, you would be correct that that kind of life is not attainable by your own power, but you'd be wrong that those fruit could not dwell in you. You'd be uh, on your own. You'd be right when you say it's impossible for me to kind of live this life and work all this in myself. But it is possible, and the Bible's really clear about this, with the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit who resides in you. Thus, the Apostle Paul refers, him, refers to them as fruit of the Spirit. <clears throat> Not the fruit of the believer who makes it happen, nor the fruit of the person who works really hard to have these in them, but Paul calls these the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is a result of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Let me repeat that. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is a result of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Fruit now listen to this, is a normal product, product of every believer who is led by the Holy Spirit. So I want us to understand this morning that spiritual fruit is a normal product of being a believer in Jesus Christ because the same Holy Spirit is in every believer. When you read the list of the fruit, you may have said to yourself, okay, that sounds good, but I sure need more patience. Anybody here? I need more patience. Or I need more love. Or here at Joy Church, I need more joy. But God is not stingy, and he will not withhold these things from you because fruit is a normal product of every believer who's led by the Spirit. This kind of life is described in the Bible as a Spirit-led person or a spiritually mature person or a Spirit-filled person. Here, Paul simply calls this way of life the fruit of the Spirit. Paul understands that we cannot live by these fruit or these virtues in an ethically responsible way without first being enabled, empowered, and motivated by the Holy Spirit. Because God has given you the Holy Spirit, you have a choice. You can walk by the flesh. We heard about that is. It's not a pretty picture. Or you can walk by the Holy Spirit. When Paul refers to the flesh, he means that part of us that it's all about self. Now, I didn't see the movie Beaches. Maybe some of you did. It came out years ago, but Bette Midler was in it. And I understand 
Bette Midler's character was all about herself. And in one scene, she's talking to a friend all about herself. She's going on and on about herself. And finally she stops. She says, oh, that's enough. Enough about myself. Let's talk about you. What do you think about me? (laughs) That's the flesh at work. It's all I, I, I. When we focus only on self and the desires of self, trouble lurks not far behind. That's why Jesus said that we are to die to ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. Paul expresses this teaching this way. But I say, walk by the Spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. Wouldn't you love to have a Spirit-filled, fruit-of-the-Spirit kind of life? Well, it's available to everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. So today, what I want to do is look at the key to bearing fruit, how does that can happen, the proof of that fruit in our lives, and the purpose of bearing fruit. Why would we want to bear the fruit of the Spirit? What's the, what is the purpose? So let's start with the key to bearing fruit, spiritual fruit, and it is this. It is abiding in Jesus Christ. In John 15, which I just read, Jesus said, he is the vine and we are the branches. And then in verses 4 and 5, he said, remain in me or abide in me, some translations say, and I will abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So note this, Jesus is the key to bearing spiritual fruit in our lives. We must abide in him or remain in him if we want to develop this fruit. So long as we stay connected to the Lord and allow his spirit to work through us, these attributes, these qualities, these virtues are indeed possible to have. They're achievable and they are doable. Not because of our own power again, but because we're the branch connected to the vine and the power of Jesus flows through us. It all begins with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We must abide in him if we're to have spiritual fruit produced in our lives. Nourishment comes from the vine to the branches. Without the vine, he said this, the branches wither, they die. Without the vine, fruit does not happen. So your, your relationship with Jesus Christ is the key. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. So long as we stay rooted in him, the fruit of the Spirit will grow in us. As a branch will wither and die without the sustaining life of the vine, so all of our attempts to produce genuine Christian character will be fruitless and frustrating apart from Christ. You've all seen what happens when a strong wind causes tree limbs to fall to the ground. We've had some pretty strong winds this spring. Maybe you've seen that happen recently. Within a day, the leaves begin to wither. It does not take long. It takes nourishment to keep a branch alive and to be fruitful. But when it's separated from its source of nourishment, it quickly dies. It does not take long for a Christian's faith to begin to wither or grow cool when he or she detaches him or herself from Jesus. But when we abide in him, the Holy Spirit is at work to produce spiritual fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is produced in the believer, not 
by the believer. It's produced in the believer, not by the believer, because it is produced by the Spirit. The good news is every Christian receives the gift of the Holy Spirit. As you are abiding in Jesus Christ, Christ's Holy Spirit abides in you. This is true of every Christian. Here's what Peter said. Here's how he explained this. Peter said this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit, which is good news, because it's only by the Spirit that spiritual fruit is produced in your life. We believe that we receive the Holy Spirit when we're baptized. Right away, the Holy Spirit takes residence in our lives and helps us to grow in faith and love into the obedience to God's will. We also believe that throughout life, we can ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, refill me, re-empower me for the task you've called me to do. And as we grow spiritually, as we mature and walk by the Spirit and not by our flesh, it becomes evident that we are abiding in Christ. So here's the second point I want to make. Spiritual fruit is proof of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember what Jesus said in John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Spiritual fruit shows that you are a disciple of Christ. Everyone in Christ eventually bears fruit. If you aren't bearing fruit, it could be because you're not abiding in Christ. It could be you're faking church or maybe going through the motions of religion, but you aren't really abiding in Jesus Christ. If that's the case, you can't bear fruit on your own. Spiritual fruit is proof of your relationship with Jesus. Now, there are Maybe one exception, that is if you're a brand new Christian, you may not be bearing fruit because you haven't matured yet. But as you mature in Christ, he promises, and you stay connected to him, to him you will bear fruit. For fruit is a product of growth. As you mature, the fruit of the Spirit becomes more and more evident, and it becomes more and more dominant in your life. My wife and I, a number of years ago, planted a a row of sour orange trees because we were told they'd make a great hedge. They all fell in, and they do. And for the first few years, they didn't produce any fruit. Then I discovered you got to water and fertilize them too. <laughs> so I did that, and boy, do they grow, and do they produce the fruit. Oh, my gosh, so much fruit. I wish they didn't produce so much fruit, but they do because they've matured, and they've been t- cared for, and they've received nourishment, and so they produce fruit. As followers of Jesus, we need to know that Jesus expects us to produce fruit. In Luke 13, Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Well, Jesus told this parable for its spiritual lesson. He expects you to bear spiritual fruit. 
He is gracious with us. He is patient with us. But he expects us to bear spiritual fruit. And one of the joys and challenges of the Christian life is to respond to the opportunities that God gives us to affect the world for him. When we bear this spiritual fruit, just think about it again, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so on, we make a difference in the lives of other people. You see, the Lord expects you to do more than sit here and warm a chair every Sunday morning. The Lord expects that he will change your life as you abide in him. Change your life for good. And as a result, you too will bear this fruit. There were children who were lined up in a cafeteria of a parochial school, and they were lined up for lunch. At the head of the table was a large stack of apples, and a nun had posted a note right by the apples, take only one, God is watching. Okay. Moving through the line, at the other end of the table was a large pile of chocolate chip cookies. And a little boy had written a note and posted it right by those cookies. And here's what he wrote. Take all you want. God is busy watching the apples. <laughs> well, when you're abiding in Christ and bearing spiritual fruit, you don't need somebody to tell you how you have to act. The Spirit does that because the Holy Spirit is producing his presence in your life. The fruit of the Spirit will also change the conduct of your life. It will help you become a better person. And this change is proof of your relationship with Jesus Christ. In Matthew 12, 33, Jesus said, Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Christianity changes people. When a person is converted to Christ, they see the world differently. They are changed by God's grace. You mean God could love even me? God could forgive my sins? That's God's grace, and it changes us. And this changes our character, and Christianity makes a person a better person. We're still sinners. We confessed our sins earlier in our service, but we were beginning to grow and mature and become more like Jesus. Possibly Pastor Clayton has shared with you the Latin phrase, simul justus et peccator, which means we are at the same time or simultaneously justified and we're sinners. It means at the same time we are saints and sinners. It means at the same time we're growing to become like Jesus, but we still have a long ways to go. I have a friend who's been in and out of prison. He's a friend also of Bill and Regina's and maybe a couple other people here. And um, he would tell you that he had lived by and for the flesh for a large portion of his life. It was all about me, me, me. He will also tell you that prison was God's two-by-four that smacked him over the side of the head. In prison, he had to face himself, the bad choices he made, the damage he had done to himself and to others. And it was in prison that he received his first Bible. And it was in prison that he got down on his knees, confessed his sins, and asked Jesus Christ to forgive him and to come into his life and be Lord of his life. Well, he clearly is not the man he once was. He is now a new creature in Christ, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit shines through him. He is a joyous victor over those things 
which once held him hostage, not by his own strength, but because the Holy Spirit resides in him and is producing fruit in him. The fruit of the Spirit, they're all good attributes. I think as believers in Christ who want to make a difference for him, we would want more of this fruit and not less. Christianity, faith in Christ, a living relationship with Jesus Christ will make you a better all-around person. So the question that each of us has to ask ourselves is this. Am I bearing the fruit of the Spirit? Am I bearing love and joy, peace and patience, kindness and goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control? Am I bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit? And if not, why not? Now finally, what is the whole purpose of bearing spiritual fruit? It is to glorify God. It is to honor God. The purpose of spiritual fruit in our lives is so that by our conduct, by our lifestyle, by our actions, by our attitudes, we may bring glory to God. If we fail to bear fruit, we fail to glorify God. Here's what Jesus said in John 15. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. The mature Christian who is bearing mature fruit understands it's not about us. It is all about God. It's not about my feelings or attitudes or even my happiness. It's all about God. Bearing spiritual fruit does not earn our way into heaven. Bearing spiritual fruit is evidence that you and I are on our way to heaven. Let me read the fruit of the Spirit one more time. Paul said this fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. Amen. 